Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two Jamokes who sing the Bears song as loud as we can for no apparent reason. Usually because they scored a touchdown. <laughs> or just because we want to. Depends. It didn't happen a whole lot last year. You have to sing Bear Down a certain number of times per year. And sometimes the Bears don't do enough good things to uh, give you a reason to, so you have to make one. So you have to make one. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in for another week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. And the season is upon us. We are through the the preseason. We have seen the roster get set and then turn over a lot. And now, at least for today, it's set again. We'll see how many (laughs) more changes the Bears make leading up to the season. We've still got two weeks here. But I think the biggest thing to talk about is that Justin Fields looked really good against Cleveland. Tom, you you cashing your Super Bowl ticket yet? (laughs) Okay, so... So, you know, uh, that's uh, obviously tongue-in-cheek fans. No, we're not saying that. But, um, uh, you know, the the best thing, I I was thinking about this, and the best thing about watching that was the confidence level that he displayed when he was out there. And actually, I thought that ran through the entire team. Um this is what I was hoping for. This is what you and I have talked about many times during the off season is we wanted to see a different attitude from the team. And I think it was prevalent. I mean, how long, I mean, the offense was operating like there was a, a plan in place <laughs> and, and there was, there was a rhythm to it. You know, you watch almost every other team in the NFL and they're out there on offense. And it looks like that, it looks like a coordinated effort to move the ball down the field. That's not what it's looked like when you watch <laughs> the Bears. Right. You know, a lot of it, it, with, with the Bears, it's always looked like you threw together a, a bunch of guys on a playground and they're just throwing the ball around like somebody's calling plays from behind the center. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like a it looks like a high school operation. So to see they drew it up in the dirt. Yeah, exactly. So to see the offense out there. Executing a plan, looking confident, like you said, it looked like an NFL offense, which is something we haven't seen here in a very, very long time. And yes, it's easier to look good when you're playing the Browns backups. Right. We, we understand that, but it looked good. Yeah. And and you know, uh, I think I think uh, Fields himself said, you know, we were playing who they put out there. You yeah, know? Exactly. We're going to play teams this year that aren't going to have their whole strength out there. Who cares? That that's not what we were. That's not what you and I were watching. It, it didn't look like that in the preseason last year. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, with Red Rocket. Yeah, or with Fields. I remember Fields looked okay in the preseason last year, but. I don't really remember it looking that smooth. Actually, it was mostly Foles in the preseason, wasn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he was on the roster. <laughs> how, far, how far we've come. It's funny, like, just how how much Bears fans just want the team to be good. Yeah. I mean, the excitement level for this preseason has been... Crazy. Just a good reminder of how little it would take to get the city of Chicago just full systems go behind the Bears. Absolutely. Like, most teams, it's kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll get into the season and 
we're going to be, you know, struggling through the first couple of weeks, but we'll get our stride. And But the Bears fans are like, yeah, we looked awesome in the first half against the Browns. Like, let's go. You know, I mean, people are excited. People want this team to be good. And they haven't been I good. I was shouting for, at my TV. They haven't been good for so long that. Well, know, I mean, look at look at some of these things, right? Um, three of five drives ended in touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Um he he only had two incompletions, mm-hmm. right? He didn't have any near interceptions, let alone have any interceptions. But he didn't even have any where it was like, oh, man, we escaped out of that because the guy dropped the ball. The broadcast was talking about just how much better he looks this year compared to last year. Two of his three touchdowns were 20-plus yards. <laughs> I mean, yes, we get it, right? But rather than looking at it from that perspective, just think about some of these things that, yes, those are what productive offenses do. I think in terms of this preseason, I don't really know that the Bears could have done anything more positive than what they did. Right. They looked really good. They obviously had some injuries, but nothing catastrophic. They had some starters go down, but it sounds like for the most part, they're all going to be back in the early part of the season, maybe even for week one. The offensive unit looked much better than I was even expecting. If much the, better. If the Bears had gone out there in the preseason and looked horrible, I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised either. At all. When you look at the talent that's on the line, when you consider the talent that is at receiver, when you consider the fact that they're installing a completely new offensive system with new coaches... Yep. If they had looked terrible, I would have been sitting here saying, there's no need to panic. We all knew it was going to take time. And so the fact that they're out there and they're looking good, not even competent, but they looked good, that's certainly something to be excited about. And obviously I'm joking. We don't think the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, if if Fields is really good and Mooney is really good and maybe the offensive line comes together a little bit better than we would have thought and Komet looks really good and Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn and the defense is just okay. I mean, there's nothing that says this team has to go out there and win four or five games. That's right. They can win seven or eight. They can win nine. They could be hovering around that last wild card spot i mean i absolutely believe that i I don't see uh you know you and i have talked often about putting money on the over (laughs) Uh, we both have believed that for a long time right i mean pretty much the whole off season i still 100 percent believe it but i've always seen us in that six seven eight nine win area i i have not once thought we were a three win team now, um, it, uh, interestingly, I was looking at uh, a 2023 mock draft um, uh, the other day on The Athletic, and uh, it had us drafting third. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, so they obviously don't think we're going to do very well, but um, I, I just don't think that's the case. I, I, think, this t- I think this team uh, has a lot of talent on it, as it is right now. Um, the by far for me the most impressive play was the last touchdown. Um, watching uh, Fields roll out, look downfield. He's got a open space because he he rolled to the opposite direction of the rush, and do a little head movement, 
and he throw the ball, and there's Komet by himself. Wide open. Why, you know, Komet was completely alone. How did that end up happening? What is the, what, how often have you seen the Bears have a receiver? They, oh, <laughs> oftentimes it's a receiver on the other team. That's, that is that's, that's wide standing open. wide open in the end zone, and there's four Bears defenders looking at each other trying to figure out what happened. Right? <laughs> there, there's even photo evidence of that. <laughs> I think I think that was a play in the Packers playbook for so long. It was allow Jordy Nelson to stand in the end zone with nobody around him for ten seconds. You know, it, it just that um, that was just it was just brilliant. And when he threw that ball. I remember thinking to myself, okay, is he just going to dump it off? Because there's a player right there that he could have dumped it off to. And he would have got like, I don't know, five yards out of it, right? But, you know, he did that little he did that little head movement, and the next thing you know, he's throwing the ball, and it's a 24-yard touchdown to commit by himself. Yeah, I mean, it's it the, just, it's I the, was blown away. It's the stuff that you see Mahomes do sometimes with the no-look passes or yes. the manipulating the defense with your body movement only to throw in the complete opposite direction they're expecting. I mean, if Fields has that in him, that's elite top five quarterback stuff. And obviously comparing Justin Fields to Patrick Mahomes after this preseason is an overreaction. Right. But we all know Fields has the potential to be great. He, he's, he's got the athleticism. Yeah. By all accounts, he's got the smarts. We know he's incredibly talented. It's just... Can he put it together? And there's a lot of guys that are really talented that just never put it together. It happens for a million different reasons. But the fact that it doesn't appear last year completely derailed him. It Mm -hmm. seems like he's back to square one a little bit, and he is getting more comfortable running this offense. And look, all these good vibes can completely disappear if they go out there and get killed by the 49ers. If they go out and look terrible against the 49ers, then... That obviously supersedes anything that happened in the preseason. But just based on what's happened in the preseason... Uh, like I, I would th- not expect that to happen. And like I said, I just don't think they could really have done anything more than they did. If they get beat, I won't be surprised. No. If they get killed, I'll be I'll be surprised. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they're seven-point underdogs. The, I, everybody I, expects them to lose. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they um, they get killed in that game. I just don't. That kid... Seems like he really has a will to win. Darnell Mooney said point blank that Justin Fields wants to be the best quarterback in the NFL. And I don't think he said that lightly. I don't think that was feed for the media. I I think he said that with genuine conviction. And like you said, we know that there is a skill set there frankly bears fans haven't seen no and so this is this is new territory for us watching that game the other day i just felt like i was watching it was like you were it was like you were alluding to almost like we were watching a different team and a different quarterback for sure (laughs) i mean like i i think bears fans have every reason to be excited there there's the the probability says that the team's just not going to be very good they're just Right, Not as talented as a lot of other teams in the NFL, but if the quarterback situation is really good and if things come together and maybe get a little bit of injury luck, th- there's nothing that says that they can't go over that win total. The win- I just look, the win total is still at six. I mean, yeah. 
you know how bad you can be and win seven games <laughs> in the NFL? The Bears won six games last year. <laughs> and especially, there's, there's teams that have made the playoffs with seven wins. And the NFC is terrible. I, I, if we're talking about an AFC team, different story. But the NFC has a few good teams at the top, but the middle of the pack to the bottom of the conference is it's pretty wide. Yeah, it's 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 well, yeah. There's just ten teams that are kind of just hovering around in there that are okay. Might be might some might be good, some might be bad. But yeah. there's games on the schedule that are winnable. It's just gonna be a matter of which teams win. The games that they, which team I guess maybe pulls together some upsets, and which team maybe gets a bit of good luck in, in winnable games. And when when you compare some of the teams that the Bears are grouped around in terms of their win total, like if you talk, if you're talking about the Lions, if you're talking about Washington, if you're talking about the Giants, all teams that the Bears play, by the way, the Bears have the highest upside at the quarterback position in fields. I mean. When you're comparing Fields to Jared Goff or Carson Wentz, yeah. Daniel Jones, I mean, Fields... Jared Goff sucks. If Fields realizes <laughs> his potential, he's better than all those guys. I mean, the Seahawks are starting Geno Smith. That's that's it, it, It's going to be the... It's going to be the Achilles heel of that Lions team. I'm telling Goff. you right now. Uh, I mean, they're deep. Jared Goff is is going to be the Achilles heel. I actually, I, I don't think so. I don't think he's that good. But I mean, I could be completely wrong. Their their defense is horrible. Like, <laughs> which I mean, how many years in a row can you say that about the Lions defense? <laughs> a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of times. Oh but, wait, okay. So before we get uh, before we get away from it, I do want to go back to the the game just for uh, a couple of things, real quick. Uh, it was really nice to see both tight ends catch touchdown passes. Great catch by Ryan Griffin, right? Mm-hmm. Who's really not, that's not what he was brought He's in. More of a blocker. More of a blocker, but that was a great catch nonetheless. The other thing I thought that was interesting was um, it was good to see the running backs out there to kind of get a picture of that. Uh, Montgomery, you know, he has a great shiftiness to him. You can tell he has a lot of power, but he is not meant to catch the ball out of the backfield. <laughs> um, that play with the with the pass, the short pass to Khalil Herbert, who turned it into a first down. Yeah. Great run by him. I mean, wow. That's the thing is that kid really flashes. I don't know exactly what you know. We haven't seen enough of him. Uh, enough of a body of work to know exactly what we got from him. But I know one thing. He can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. I think Herbert's actually better. Like, uh, maybe not in pass protection. I, I haven't studied that film. But right. just in terms of running with the ball, I think Herbert's actually a, the more explosive player. It really seems like it. Uh, it doesn't mean David Montgomery's bad. I just think both of them are, are pretty good running backs. But I would give the slight edge to Herbert now. I think Montgomery's going to be the starter. I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries. But I think both of those guys are... And Ebner. I think all three of them you're going to see on the field. Oh, I agree with that, too. I mean, Ebner was what? He was a sixth-round pick? Seventh-round? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that he's got some moves. I... he, he doesn't look like a guy that's going to run anybody over. Like, Herbert looks like a guy that'll run you over. Right. Ebner, though, I, I think as a third running back and somebody that can make some plays out of the backfield, I, I agree. He's going to get some touches in this offense. And, like, I think there's going to be some contributions from people that we're not expecting. Sure. It's already kind of happened. I mean, 
was anybody expecting Dante Pettis to be <laughs> the wide receiver? Or Tajay Sharp? Well, he's he's hurt now. He's on yeah, he's on that. he's on IR. And is he on IR? Well, I heard yeah, he is on IR. I've seen conflicting things. If he's on the IR that you can come back from, or the IR that you can't come back from. Oh, okay. So that remains to be seen. But uh, he was making some noise. He made some noise in that game. He made he some really making... nice catches. Yeah. Man. He, he, he worked his way from a guy that I don't really think a lot of people expected to make the team to somebody that was... It's too bad that he got hurt. I didn't know that. Yeah, ribs, apparently. So I don't know if he broke his ribs or what. But Pettis is, you know... Again, nobody expected anything out of him. We didn't pay anything for him. And he, he he's shown a little something. Is he going to be the, the, starting, the second starting receiver? I don't know yet, um, because, you know, the thing is, is that that group is kind of up in the air with, you know, the injury bug that hit the receiving like core. Pringle and Harry. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, the, it, you know, you were talking about injuries. That's the one area that we seem to got hit multiple times was, it, it was uh, in the receivers. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what the game plan looks like once the regular season starts. I, I still think that they're going to use St. Brown and Bayless Jones in ways that they just weren't putting on film in the preseason. Like those are the two really fast guys. I have a feeling that Luke Getzey's going to have some plays drawn up for the, for those two that he wasn't necessarily running in the preseason. So, Oh, sure. We'll see how that all shakes out. I mean, they were targeting Pettis a lot. It might just be that he's... Uh, Nice wide receiver for the preseason. Maybe once the games actually start, he slides a little bit down the depth chart. We're going to find out. Pringle coming back, you and I both liked that signing. I think he'll Mm -hmm. be featured prominently in this offense. And we're still, you know... Assuming that um, he does, uh, you know, it's... the, 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 The thing of not announcing the injuries it it, you know i think it bugs all of us a little bit Uh, it's it's a little frustrating because you're like when is he supposed to be back you know uh, is he going to be back for week one or not i don't know And, and that's that's frustrating you know because he's supposed to be the starter opposite of um of mooney yeah i wouldn't expect him back it was a quad injury right yeah yeah so i mean whatever that means so he's not he's not practicing right now i don't i, I don't know we just don't know enough to, about it to speculate i do it does sound like brisker's back at practice it sounds like he's gonna play week one so that's good news i think that was the injury that i was most concerned about just because he was one of the players that i was the most excited to see but it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for the 49ers so that's that's good news so the current depth chart shows uh uh mooney at one end and equanimous at an, at the at the other end yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put too much stock in that sure but it could happen i mean because you know half of our receivers are we don't know their status currently i mean the 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 receiver that ends up with the second most yards on the team might not even be on the Bears right now. <laughs> well, and that's another thing too, right? Okay, so um, with with all these moves that happened today, uh, one of the things that I noticed that it buzz about was okay, we we went and got we we picked up six players, the most of any team in the NFL, but we didn't pick up any receivers, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of been a theme. 
you know, right from the get-go is, you know, we're not investing enough in receivers. I would love to hear more from the team about how they see this working. Because, so, uh, the the buzz in our thread today was um, about Taylor. I, I didn't see, I didn't see who it was, but... Um, you know, there's, there's a few different receivers that got, this is a player that got cut. Yeah, that got cut. And, you know, maybe we should be, we should be looking at these guys. And I didn't see, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see us going, it didn't look like we made a lot of effort to, to bring another receiver in. Yeah. It might, I mean, it might just be that there's nobody out there that they like. I, I don't know. I, I don't have, <laughs> I don't, I don't have an answer to that. It, it might just be that there's guys on the team that have been in camp and they just don't see anybody that'll be a dramatic improvement, especially when you, you'd be bringing in somebody new to learn a new right. system. I don't know. I mean, we, we don't know. They might still go out and pick up a couple new wide receivers. There's still two weeks left. Like you said, there was a lot of noise today because the Bears initially cut their roster to 53. Today they signed six more guys, cut six guys from that 53. So... People were like, oh, they turned over 10% of their roster. But I, I would say, like, get used to it. I mean, yeah. when you've got a roster like this where they're, the bottom half is full of just players that are pretty replacement level, Yeah, you know, if a guy has a couple of bad practices, he might be on his way out and they might be shopping the waiver wire trying to find somebody new that they think maybe has a little bit more upside. I mean... There's going to be a lot of players that come and go from this roster this year, and it wouldn't shock me if they cut a few more guys and sign a few new guys even before the season starts. I just think it's going to be a day-by-day thing where Ryan Poles is going to be monitoring the waiver wire, trying to find players that could maybe come in here and just be even a slight upgrade over what's on the roster right now. I mean, yeah, um, that's that's well, and Simba Webster and. Uh... Um, Coulter uh, are both on the Isaiah Coulter are both on the practice squad. Yeah. So, yeah, I I agree with you. I, I think that you know this is definitely fluid. Um, the pieces that really need to be in place are mostly in place. Okay. So let's. Uh, so this is a good place to transition to some. Uh, you know the the moves that are taking place. So let's talk a little bit about Alex Leatherwood. I yeah. know that you like that um, pickup. You know, it certainly seems like a, a good one. I, the part uh, I was saying to you, the part that I felt is, is a little odd is why they, you know, gave up on him after only one year. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't know. I he must have just been awful. I, <laughs> like, <laughs> Alex Leatherwood. He sucked. Like, yeah, I mean, why was he only... He sucked. I mean, so Alex Leatherwood played three years at Alabama. So, he's got talent. He was drafted 17th overall by Vegas last year. So, to go from the 17th overall pick to cut in one season... Yeah. ...is a pretty dramatic fall from grace. Now, Six foot five, 312 pounds. That is a big dude. Now, he was drafted by Gruden and Mayock who had just a absolutely terrible draft record when they were in Oakland. Like, almost none of the players they drafted are there anymore. Like, it was mm-hmm. just absolutely terrible. So, it might just be that he's a bust, and 
John Gruden was stupid. But, <laughs> like, but he did have a draft grade of late first round, early second round. He did start at Alabama, and I sent you the clip from the athletics draft guide that Dane Brugler puts out every year. Leatherwood was drafted as a tackle, but the scouting report on him said he might be better off at guard. Like, mm-hmm. He could be a solid guard for a long time. The Raiders, to my knowledge, were playing him at tackle, so it might just be that he's not a good tackle, but maybe there's some upside at guard. And for a player that was a first-round talent a year ago, for the Bears to take a flyer on him and get him in the building for really nothing, no risk, I mean, that just makes perfect sense. Well, and yeah, I I think so too. Um, I think that when you're looking at it, um, bringing in another lineman, uh, isn't a bad idea. Bringing in a lineman that Poles immediately snatched up, um, that to me is a good indication. Yeah. Um, you and I have been in agreement that we pretty much trust Poles to uh, when it comes to the offensive line. Until he gives you a reason not to. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Courtney Cronin posted that she talked with Tevin Jenkins and Tevin Jenkins was talking about some of the trepidation. I'm using and paraphrasing. I'm not quoting about that. Some of the trepidation that he was still experiencing even after he made the 53 man roster. Yeah. Um, again, this is one of those questions of maturity coming up from the, from the player, Right. Um, you know, he, he, he's making a lot of money, uh, because he was a second round pick. Uh, he's been in the number one spot at right guard for a few weeks now. Um, with no, with no question at all. They just got rid of the guy they brought in for right guard, um, in Schofeld. And... You know, he just, he he's he's moved into the 53-man roster, and he's still questioning that? You, you mentioned last week that you had seen Schefter talking a little bit about Jenkins still being on the trading block. Leatherwood looks like he's supposed to be a guard. Is, you know, are these things that should be combined, or do you see them as separate issues? Uh, I mean, I I think that the reason Jenkins probably isn't necessarily fe- feeling safe on the roster is because there's been so much noise that the, the, the front office and the coaching staff don't want him. Right. I mean, he's on social media. He reads all that stuff. He's got, <laughs> he's got buddies texting him saying, hey, man, what the heck's going on? Schefter says the Bears are going to trade you. So he hears all the noise, even if he says that he doesn't. And, you know, he's not established himself he played five games last year right like you said he's making i don't remember i don't remember off the top of my head what a second round pick makes but he's making a couple million dollars but yeah he's making a i mean compared to a regular person he's still making a lot of money yeah but if he gets cut that all goes away right i mean so like he's still trying to establish himself in the nfl and I think if he's, he, I mean, obviously something happened between him and the team when he missed the first couple weeks at camp, right? I mean, right. 
you don't just miss work with no reason and no explanation if there's something if there's not something going on behind the scenes. So we know that there was something between him and either the coaching staff or the front office or both. And then he comes back, he switches positions. By all accounts, he played pretty well at guard in the preseason. I was expecting him to be the starter going into week one. And he still might be. So I think it's just a fluid situation with him. Maybe the Bears told him that they don't see him as part of their long-term plans. Maybe he's just inferred that by the conversations he's had with the coaching staff. We don't know, but there's definitely something going on between him and the team still and to answer your question if it's connected with the leatherwood situation i mean yeah obviously if if leatherwood comes in and they switch him to guard and he looks like the long-term solution even if jenkins has been playing fine the front office just might like leatherwood better so they're obviously connected to some degree and to me it's just on tevin jenkins you know you're the one that's in the number one spot right now. So go out there every day and prove that that job belongs to you. I mean, make it your job until they say otherwise. Is, yeah. You know, worry about the things that are in your control. If I were his coach, that's what I'd be telling him. And make it so that the Bears can't replace you with Alex Leatherwood or somebody else because you're just playing too damn good. Yeah, that's, that is a real, that right there says it all, actually. That sums it up. Go out there and play and show that we we made the right choice when you were selected in the first place. Yeah. Uh, one thing I am looking at here with Leatherwood uh, short arms, hmm. thirty three and seven eighths. That's definitely guard arms, not tackle arms. Um, but I mean, you know, you look at the accolades of this guy. Um, he is unanimous first team All American. And was awarded the Outland. I didn't know he was an Outland winner. I mean that that that's that's pretty amazing. He was on two national championship teams, like you said, starter on two national championship teams. Um, well, you know, it, it, we didn't. It didn't cost the Bears much to to bring him there. And uh, I thought you put it best earlier today when you said, um, you know, uh, this guy was a first round talent. Uh, he was on a, you know, he has a, he has a great um, resume. Uh, it's worth bringing him in for, for his, what they paid for him. Boy, you just look at some of these Raiders draft picks, though. <laughs> when it was Gruden and, and Pretty Mayock. awful. I mean, it's, it's... I never liked, I never liked Mayock as a draft guru, let alone <laughs> as a, as, I couldn't believe it when he was awarded GM. Yeah, I mean, they've got, I mean. This I mean, is... I like Mel Kuyper. I like Todd McShay. Would I make either of them the general manager? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, I mean, boy, that's a, it's a, it was a rough go of it in Vegas with that regime as far as drafting goes. So, Well, they were all, like you said, it was all morons because, I mean, look, they gave, uh, uh, they gave Gruden this, this ridiculous-sized contract. hundred $100 million, right? Yeah, and, um, you know, he was it was a total bust. Gruden, to me, was always way overrated anyway. The team that he won the Super Bowl with, he didn't build. Um, you know, he, he had a, a good team in Oakland, uh, and, and that team he didn't build either. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's... It, it, it all comes to a matter of perspective. Yeah, but I mean, we know what happened with the Gruden 
email scandal, but even before that, he wasn't doing a good yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that team was terrible his entire yeah. tenure there. So. Yeah, that just showed he was even more of an asshole than people were giving him credit for. So. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, I, I think the Leatherwood thing, it, there's no downside to it. it. Right. If he sucks, you cut him, and you move on. It's not, uh, you didn't draft him, the Bears are paying him this year, but they're not on the hook for any long-term money with him, to my knowledge, so... There's really no reason not to. It's it's a guy that has a lot of upside, and if he's terrible, it doesn't really cost you anything other than money this year in a rebuilding year. So I think it's it's really a no brainer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I, I you know um, uh, it's it's worth a flyer, right? And uh, you know we already said it. Um, Poles is the one that's taking the flyer on him. I trust his opinion. Uh, so let's let's take a look at. Um, at the uh, at the roster, um, so there there was some surprises. Uh, you know, there was a large amount of offensive linemen kept, um, at least originally. You know, they they kept all those rookies, um, other than Kramer, who's on IR. Kramer's on IR, um, and but they still have uh, Carter's still on the. Uh, on the 53, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I that's a surprise to me. I would have thought he would end up as a Correct. as a practice squad player, and he still might. Um, let's talk about Lucas Patrick. So it, it seems like the offensive line in the last game had pretty good continuity, mm-hmm. right? And that is so huge, right? Every team that has big success usually has great continuity on the offensive line. The Bears are included, right? The last time they had a really good team, um, they had the same <clears throat> they had the same five guys start on the offensive line. So, you know, th- this is something that uh, Poles has made pretty clear that he wants that he really wants as a prime objective. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we're going to get that this year. <laughs> I think, no, probably I think, not. I think you're going to see a lot of different players on the O-line. But I think Pat, I think when they signed Patrick, they envisioned him as the starting center for 17 games. Agreed. I think him getting hurt, you know, going from him to Mustafer is a downgrade. Anyway, any way you put it, I mean, say what you want about Sam Mustafer. The kid was an undrafted free agent. He's... Played a couple of years in the NFL. He's been competent to below average. But as far as undrafted free agents go for a starting center in the NFL, I think he's done what you can ask him to do. Yeah. Patrick is, uh, you know, he's, he's got a little bit more experience. He's not going to be great. He's not going to be Olin Krutz, but he could be a decent enough veteran signing that can kind of anchor that O-line from the center position. So... If he's back week one, which it sounds like they still have hope for, then that's obviously better than the alternative, and hopefully he stays healthy and can be kind of the leader of that offensive line. Because if you're going him and Whitehair on the inside, those are at least two veterans you feel okay about. Right. You add Tevin Jenkins in there, we've talked about him enough, but there's some upside there. And then the tackle position, which has obviously been the biggest concern all offseason... If you're lining up Braxton Jones and Larry Borum, obviously there's a lot of unknown there, but both players that s- still could be 
good NFL starters. Jones, I think, obviously has a little bit more upside than Borum. Both fifth-round picks, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I think Jones has the athleticism. He just fell in the draft because he played at a really small college. Mm-hmm. Borum, as a rookie, slid in there last year and played okay, I thought, until Matt Nagy benched him for Jermaine Effetti. Um, and and Braxton Jones played on, I guess it was a pretty terrible team, too. So, oh, yeah, Utah, yeah, South Utah. Yeah. So, yeah so like, not, <laughs> it wasn't just a small school, but I guess their team was pretty Yeah, not a too. Power 5 team, so... I don't know, I think the offensive line, especially if Patrick is back, compared to what I thought I'd be feeling, is a little bit better. I think they could be, you know, probably still towards the bottom of the league, but I at least have some optimism that it won't be a complete disaster. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but does does it make sense for, I I guess it makes sense uh, when Patrick is ready, you, you, you just move Mustafer out and you put him in. Instead. Even though he hasn't really, because Mustafa has been the, the the starter at center for most of the most of the preseason. Yeah, I think they had and camp. I think they had Doug Kramer in there, and, and then, then he, he got, got hurt. hurt, and then it's gone. They've gone back to Mustafa. Yeah, so and Kramer got hurt pretty early on, so I think Mustafa's been in there for most of the time. Mm-hmm. And he was the starter there last year. So all I was saying is, is do you think that's a, do you think that disrupts, uh, you know, the the continuity of the five, or it's just you know this is simply a a more talented player that needs to be the starter. Yeah, I think you have to go back to the player that you envisioned as the starter. I think if Patrick's back week one, then you've got some time to build up that continuity. It, it, it would stink for Sam Mustafer because right. by all accounts he's a great kid. Right. But I don't know. I think if Patrick's back, you got to go back to him at center. I, I, I don't think that you'd have. I, I don't think you'd have, especially when you're talking about going into Week One against San Fran and Week Two against Green Bay, potentially the two best defenses in the conference. Like you need to have your best five out there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, that was one of the. Uh, that's one of the spots now. Uh, it seemed like they pretty they loaded up on uh, DBs, which we kind of expected them to do that uh, because um, it's certainly uh, uh, a molding, evolving position, right? Absolutely. I mean, they still don't. Uh, to my, I mean, it sounds like the plan is to start Vildor again, right? Right. As your second cornerback. Yeah, it looks like they want Gordon at at nickel. Which makes sense. I don't know if you feel very... I don't really feel... Until Vildor shows me, I, I'm not going to feel too confident with that. I, I, I'm iffy about it, too, because I thought that was the whole reason to bring in Gordon was for him to start opposite Johnson. I mean, Nickelback's really important in this defense, so if they see him as a uh, elite slot corner, then yeah. that's valuable. It, it's not necessarily even any less valuable than the outside cornerback. It's just a different position and it's one that you need. So now it does sound like, um, well, of course, you know, it's, it's just preseason. It's just camp. It does sound like Vildor is certainly playing, uh, at a different level than he was last year. Um, he did, we, we've talked about it before, but it is worth noting that he did just get thrown into the fire last year. Yes. Uh, I mean, he certainly wasn't thinking that he was going to be a starter in his second year out of Connecticut, but, 
uh, you know, he did, he, and he and he got burnt. Of course, it certainly wasn't all him. The entire deep, the entire secondary was terrible. Yeah. So um, it, this this group certainly seems like it has more talent, uh, and it it certainly seems like it has more um, confidence. I'll say this: I mean, the, the Bears wouldn't be keeping him if they didn't think that he could play a little bit. I mean. What are we at now on the pace guys that are left? Like, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's 19. Is it is it that many? I was wondering if it was even that many. So they're not shy about cutting guys that they think suck. So they, they must think that he can at least contribute. I don't know about as a starter. I mean, obviously they do because he's going to start. But they at least think he's an NFL player. If they didn't, he wouldn't be here because they're shipping out pretty much everybody that was – Brought in by the prior regime, right? So I, I think the guys that are still here, it, it says that the front office still sees them as potential NFL contributors. So I don't know, Vildor, like you said, I, I thought he just got thrown into a position where he was just way over his head last year. So I don't want to write the guy off. I, I hope he does well because I would like to see him get uh, shot in a system that's that he's more equipped to play in. And, and he is, he's going to be a third year veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I mean, um, he's, he's seen a lot of action now. He's an experienced veteran. Um, so, uh, you know, just anybody in their job, uh, you know, you get a lot of experience and you are going to enter this year. I'll tell you what, um, at least in my opinion, I have noticed uh, through the first three games, the the preseason games, that the defense certainly seems to have a, a much better uh, cohesion and swagger, a little swagger. I mean, they're just flying around. Yeah, that's what Eberflus demands: is you got to play hard. And the defense is rallying to the ball, and they're going after the ball when it's on the ground. And it looks like they're just playing with a lot more intensity than they were even last year, and that's something that you can tell even in the preseason is if the team is really embracing the Eberflus philosophy and the hits principle, it sounds like they are. And, you know, you can win some games in the regular season by just playing hard and being well-coached. I mean, how many NFL teams do we see every year that are just a complete disaster? (laughs) I mean, everybody's talented. You don't get to the NFL if you're not talented. And Sometimes you have to win some of those coin flip games around the margins by not taking stupid penalties, by being disciplined, by being in the right spot. And if Eberflus is able to coach that into this defense, then I think it just increases the likelihood that the regular season is going to be a little bit better than you thought. Obviously, that stuff doesn't win you the Super Bowl. You got right. you got to have elite players, and and you have to do all the things I just talked about, but. It can get you from five wins to seven, as can, and then if you have a really good quarterback play too. I mean, like I said, the vibes are are good right now. Yeah, so, and you know, I, and this, I will say that at the beginning of camp, remember what I said? I'm like, this might be the best part of the season. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been a good camp by any measure. So right. things are positive. If the Bears go out... And there was get... nothing good about last year. Oh, last year was terrible. It, there was just nothing. I mean, that was one of the interesting things, too. During the Cleveland game, they kept bringing up the last Cleveland game, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I get it, guys. But the, the thing is, is that why don't you bring up the, the fact that 
um, you know, that the head coach totally screwed over his quarterback. I mean, what, why doesn't anybody mention that? Well, why don't you talk about something that happened in 2006? I mean, exactly. What, what does it matter what happened last year when the entire coaching staff has changed and 60% of the roster is gone? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's... Um, I think uh, I think this is a com- the slate has been wiped clean, and we are seeing a completely new group. Um, speaking of that, uh, another spot I thought that um, they kept quite a few uh, uh, players in was linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was pretty cool that Jack Sanborn uh, did make the fifty three, and he survived the first day of cuts. He he did so, like. He he looks like he he could you know uh, be a real contributor, uh, but I mean you know really the 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 primary focus will be Morrow and, and Smith right absolutely. So what so what what do you think about um, what are you seeing for Smith in Week One? As far as how much he's going to play. Yeah. I think he's going to be out there. Uh, He didn't play at all in the preseason. Obviously, the first two weeks were due to the hold in. Yeah. Last week, I think it was probably just an agreement between him and the team that he didn't need to be out there after only practicing for, what, less less than a week, right? And let's face it, really, how much did he need to be out there? Yeah, he doesn't need to be out there. Roquan Smith's going to be ready to go week one. He's going to be playing to earn that contract that he was asking for, and I expect him to play well. I, I I think it's just fundamentally different than what happened with Robinson last year. When you're a receiver, it's a little bit easier to kind of mail it in. Like, you can quit on your routes. You can kind of give up in the blocking game. But when you're a linebacker, if you're not out there giving 100%, you're just going to get run over. <laughs> so I, I think he's going to be himself. I, I have no expectation that he's not going to be a high performer on the defense. I think he's going to end the year with his standard triple-digit tackles. And I think he's going to be Roquan Smith. I, I don't really think that there's really going to be anything that came from that entire holding situation other than it's just probably going to be a little bit awkward at times during the year, especially when he's going to get questions about his contract situation. You know, Eberflus is going to be getting asked about it all year. Sure. So I, other than that, I, I think that between the lines, he's going to be the same player that we've grown accustomed to watching. So what uh, what group on defense do you think is the biggest concern going into week one? I just think the, the defensive line. I mean... That's where I'm at. You know, too. like it's, it, the interior line. I mean, so Justin Jones played really well in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I think was that the first time he played in the preseason. Yeah. So that was obviously made himself known. That was obviously the player they signed to replace Larry Ogunjobi. Mm-hmm. Which did he make the Steelers? Yeah, he did. Okay. I think so. That'll be interesting to follow. But so Jones is one of the defensive tackles. You know, he'll be a starter. The Bears signed. Armand Watts from the Vikings today. Who, I think that was an interesting signing. And he was basically a starter for them last year. The reason that he got cut is just because he's a 3-4, or sorry, he's a 4-3 player. Mm-hmm. The Vikings last year ran a 4-3. This year they're running a 3-4, and he just didn't fit the scheme, so they cut him. And last year he had five sacks for the Vikings and had a lot of tackles too, so I think he'll be a rotational player. They've still got Angelo Blackson, but it's thin. And we we saw what happened last year. Teams were able to run all over the Bears, and 
that was largely because they just weren't getting production from their interior defensive line. And if teams can get five yards of carry on you, then they're just going to do that all day long, and your defense is never going to get off the field. So Yeah, Watts last year uh, played in all 17 games with nine starts, 46 tackles, five sacks, three tackles for loss. That's pretty good. I mean, that's solid, right? Uh, he's... Uh, he was part of the 2019 draft, so this is his fourth season. Um, you know, it, it, it's a nice pickup uh, if uh, if he can be a contributor, and what they need is rotational players right now. Yeah, I mean, who else do you even really have in there? I mean, Angelo Blackson. Uh, you know, they must have really liked him because... Mike Pennell. I, I that one I am totally befuddled by. It's like, <laughs> what was your what was your guy? He got cut, right? Yeah, Kyrus Tonga. No, yeah. Tonga too. But the guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago, what was his name? Um, the guy from Carolina, I think. The whatever, he's gone. But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ta- Tonga, I think, is just the opposite of uh, what we were just talking about with Watts. I just think Tonga fits better in a three-four scheme, and I just think that he. Just wasn't a fit here. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I, I mean, they might bring him back to the practice squad. I thought he played fine last year, but he might just be a better fit elsewhere. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I, I just felt like he was a, you know, really a hard worker. You know, in the, you know, a seventh round pick that, uh, you know, made good, and and you you, you want to see that for the underdog kind of players, you know. Um, but uh, it does look like the trade off. Uh, for uh, of getting rid of him for Watts is uh, is a better fit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing about San Francisco is their offensive line isn't great. Their tackles are good, but the rest of their line has some question marks. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch is just how the Bears' interior line does week one against the San Francisco guard and tackle group, which isn't necessarily the strong suit of that team. And if San Francisco can run the ball up the middle on the Bears all day long, then that's probably going to be a negative sign of things, a, a sign of negative things to come. So yeah. that, that's my biggest concern. I mean, I think the secondary could actually be pretty good if, if Vildor can hold serve at that second cornerback. Oh, yeah, and um, Duke Shelley was also cut. Um, Tajay Sharp was put on IR not eligible to return. Okay, so he's done for the year. Then. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's. Uh, I think um, it is a good idea to to keep a close eye on, uh, uh, how, you know, what we do as far as receiver uh, leading up to week one. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with you. The defensive line, I think, is is the is the spot uh, that I would be watching. Uh, I want to see what we can generate as far as a pass rush. That's the. That's why I think it's going to be big. Um, if Quinn can even do half of what he did last year, um, I think with uh, El Quad Muhammad uh, and um, uh, Travis Gibson, I think we could uh, we could see some pressure. I, I hope so. I mean, if the defensive line sucks, then really nothing else that's going to happen on the defense is going to matter because. Right. If you've got all day to throw, then NFL receivers are good enough. They're going to get open, especially yep. just now when defensive backs aren't even really allowed to touch the receivers. It's really a league that is predicated on getting after the quarterback and making him uncomfortable. And like you said, I mean, Quinn had a great year last year. We'll see if he's able to repeat that. 
Travis Gibson had a nice year last year. We'll see if he's able to take a step forward. I like Muhammad. They uh, signed, or sorry, they drafted Dominique Robinson, who I wouldn't expect much out of in the early part of the year, but maybe he, after he gets some more NFL practices under him, that might be a guy that you see flash. I really hope he does. Towards the second half. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, so, uh, he's got the entire, he, he's got all the athleticism that you need. It's just he doesn't have a lot of experience actually playing defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. You know, and did they sign any more pass rushers today? I don't think so. So they did, um, but I don't know whether they're, um, I, I was trying to see if they actually uh, are still on the team. Uh, they, they signed defensive end Kingsley Jonathan. Uh, Nigerian native entered the NFL with Buffalo this year as an undrafted free agent from Syracuse, where he played in 56 career games. With 101 tackles, 15 sacks, 21 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, so he was one of the guys that they uh, picked up off the waiver wire today. Um, of course, we, you know we'll have to see how long that lasts because uh, uh, you know they're 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 playing the juggling act right now. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. If somebody gets cut tomorrow from another team, that, that he, he could be gone. I, I think. I mean, a rotation of Quinn, Muhammad. Gibson, as far and Camara got moved to practice squad. As, yeah, and as far as pass rushers go, I mean, you could do worse than those three guys. So. Right. We'll see. I mean, did you see uh, San Francisco brought back Garoppolo? Uh, yeah, I did. That's, I thought that was pretty big. That's interesting. I, I, is he now? Okay, so is he week one? No, is he the starter? No, it's Lance for sure. But I, I you wonder if so. There's two opinions here. Some people say the fact that they brought back Garoppolo at all just means that maybe they don't think Lance is as good as others might. Mm-hmm. I think it's more like they didn't really have any backup quarterback options. Like the backups on their roster were terrible. So they needed somebody there, and they had Garoppolo, and he knows the offense. So if he's willing to stay, why get rid of him? But it's. That's it's, another part of it. Why was he willing to stay? He's getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> he is getting paid a lot of money. Uh, especially for a backup, um, I agree with that. But at the same time, he's also getting up in the it, up in years, mm-hmm. and his his time to shine as a starter is getting thin. Well, so if his so if you look at the teams that potentially could have used his services, it would have been Seattle, terrible team, <laughs> Detroit, terrible it's, team, and you have true. to and you're going from San Francisco to Detroit. Yeah, that's that's uh, not that that's not that maybe Cle- maybe Cleveland, but you only get eleven games until Watson comes back. So I think for him, he's just I don't, I can't remember what they restructured his contract to, but he's still making more than ten million dollars to live in San Francisco and not get hit. <laughs> yeah, that's that that is a really good point. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if if Lance struggles, say he goes out in the first half and doesn't play well, and Garoppolo's standing right there. Do they send Lance back out for the second half? Wow, uh, I would think so. Um, I, I think that you know he's Shanahan's guy. Yeah. Um, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't keep sending him out there. Maybe if they you know uh, don't see much out of him, like say the first two games, you could maybe see a change there. But um, you know, as the head coach, you can't say that, you know, this is my guy, I'm going to sit the veteran that 
actually, you know, did pretty well for us last year. Got him to the NFC Championship. Got him to the NFC Championship. Um, In favor of this kid who's played 16 games of college football in three years, uh, you know, you... And, and and not stand behind that kid and say, okay, look, um, I told you you're going to be the guy. You're you're definitely the guy. Lance versus Fields. It's what an interesting matchup in, in week one. It, it it really is. You know, uh, it, it, it like I said, it was one of the storylines that I saw that I thought made a uh, that when I actually read it in print, it was like wow. That I wasn't even thinking about that, but that's pretty huge because there's a pretty big difference in the spots that they went, right? And, uh, you know, um, uh, it, it was almost starting to look like uh, Fields was an afterthought. He was he, he was uh, falling a little bit. It Was he going to be the fall, the fall guy, right? right, the, right. The, the draft room fall guy. And, the, you know, the Bears trade up to, to get him. But at that particular moment, it wasn't looking great for him. Right, it was looking like he might fall a few more spots. When, it, at the same time, all of these draft, uh, all these draft heads out there, the the quote unquote experts were saying, you know, he was the second best quarterback out of the group. But for some reason, there he is at ten. Yeah, and that's just another angle. Is Fields going to be motivated to try to stick it to the 49ers? That's what Mooney said. I guess Mooney the, came out and said that he was motivated to do it. Fields played pretty well against them last year. So, you know that. Oh, he did. So, you know he'll have that extra chip on his shoulder, too. And, gosh, I'm just so happy that football's finally back. <laughs> it's been such a long off season, and we just haven't had a ton to talk about. And the fact that, I mean, the, the, the league kicks off a week from tomorrow. So. Right. And, you know, uh, that is. Uh, it is um, a cool way to start it out. It has been a long off season. There, uh, the Bears, every year, you know, have a lot of buzz. Um, this year seems to have even more than normal just because last year was such an, a total disaster. Uh, this year, is all, everything is all new. And, um, you know, the Bears fans are once again uh, at, you know, waiting to see if we finally got a real quarterback. I mean, Chicago fans just deserve something good. <laughs> and I, 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 I still, you and I have been steadfast in that we believe in this kid. I, I, I 100% do. I don't see him as less than in the top 15. Uh, it, it, and I don't care how many games we win. I still feel like he finishes at least in the top 15 in statistics. That would be amazing. If, the, if, if he goes from what he was last year to a top half of the league quarterback, then... This year is a huge success. Yeah, you know, and uh, uh, another thing too, um, I, I'm, I didn't see what his uh, QBR was for uh, the the preseason, the last preseason game against Cleveland. Obviously, it was really good because he had a good game. But you know, they were talking about how high his rating was. I I'm not a fan of QB rating. I, I like the QBR. How about you? Uh, QBR, I, I'm not an expert on the difference between the two. Q, QBR is like the the pro football focus one, right? Yeah, and it was developed by several different people, but it... it Was that the one that Fields was like the worst rookie of all time in last year? I don't know whether he was worst all time, but his number was super low. Yeah. Because it takes in a lot of different facets, right? He was down there with like Josh Rosen and... 
some, <laughs> some, some just like other awful rookie quarterbacks. Some other awful guys. Now, you know, from the outside looking in, it's it, you can see why people were making you know the conclusions that they were. We were the ones actually watching the games though and seeing the position that he was put in. And so the numbers that he had, like, you know, you, t- you, you take losses because of sacks, right? Well, he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL or, or the second most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Um, you know, his, uh, his interceptions outweighed his touchdowns. That's a big loss, right? Uh, his, he, he had several fumbles. That's a big loss. So uh, it, it's to make a more realistic picture of what your quarterback is. But I, I think you could also say... I think that he has the largest jump from end of season QBR to the the the, the largest jump up to a higher level than we've seen probably recently of out of out of NFL quarterbacks. That's the hope. I I I find it hard to believe that he's as bad as he looked last year. I I do too. I mean, he was a rookie, but he was also in a terrible position, so I think if the Bears have hit the reset button and if he's getting coached well compared to being coached terribly, which he was last year, then if he's truly the quarterback that everybody agreed that he was in the pre-draft process, then I see no reason why he can't take a huge jump this year. So we're going to know... it. I, I guess I would encourage people to not overreact to the first two games. I mean, yeah. The first two games are tough. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're playing two of the top three or four teams in the conference and probably the two best defenses. So I hope he goes out there and looks great. If he doesn't look great, then I think you've still got a whole season where you can evaluate him against... Yeah, more middle of the road to bad defenses. So, Obviously, the goal is once he is fully developed that he can beat any defense. But it's it's going to be a tough start for him, and we'll see how it goes. So uh, I you mentioned the game last year, so I, I wanted to take a look at it. Um, uh, the Bears were three and five at that time. The Niners were three and four. They won thirty three to twenty two. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 17-28 for 322 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Fields did pretty well. 19-27 for 175 yards. Obviously, that could have been better. Um, one touchdown, one interception. He was sacked four times, for, uh, so that obviously is a hurt. But he also rushed 10 times for 103 yards and a touchdown. So... You know, when you look at it, he had uh, 278 uh, all-purpose yards two, and two touchdowns. So that's that's, that's that was, certainly not too bad. That was the game without Nagy, you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that Nagy was wasn't Nagy wasn't there. So who was, who was the Jamoke offensive coordinator? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that guy's name? Right. Um, <laughs> wasn't it? No, it was Taub, wasn't it? Wasn't it Chris Taub was the no. fill-in there? Chris Tabor was the special. Tabor was the, yeah, Tabor. What was the offensive coordinator's name yeah, last I don't year? remember. It doesn't matter. Um, he's, he's fired. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he, he's gone. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's, I, I'm just saying that that's not terrible. Now, his QBR was 67.2. Uh, that's not good. You don't want to, you, you want to be more, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's was 84.1. 
But uh, really, the key to that game was, uh, you know, Debo Samuel, six receptions for 171 yards. Elijah Mitchell ran for 18 uh, carries for 137 yards. So while Fields didn't have a, a great game, he didn't have a terrible one, um, the defense just got destroyed. <laughs> so Yeah, San Francisco never punted, right? Exactly. Yeah, that that's, was the game they didn't punt. That's not good. <laughs> you know, so I'm just saying, overall, this is a completely different team. There's there's no reason to look at it like last year's team, right? So we'll, um, I think uh, I think we certainly fare better than this, right? That's the hope. Hopefully, San Francisco punts at least once. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we can break it down a little bit more next week, but yeah, I think that's it for this week. Right? Yeah, I think that's it for this week. Uh, thanks a lot once again, uh, fans, for tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Week and a half to go. Bear down. Bear down.